right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA Fancast. Tune in. Oh, baby, what time is it? You're listening to MMA Fancast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Payson. Welcome to the show. Today, we are joined by Orion Cozy, who will be participating in week three of Dana White Contender Series, which is next week, August 18th. Orion, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, man? Doing very well. Uh, let's start off. You said that you have modified your training. You're actually at the gym now, right, as we're doing this interview, getting ready for your last workout of the day. Is that kind of how you've scheduled things? Yeah, yeah. So I like to uh, train at night, too, just because it's one of those things where the fights take place at night. And so since this fights, you know, start at 5 p.m., I'll probably fight around like 5.40 or 6 o'clock. So I like to schedule it to where it's like my last training session is always around the time I feel like I'm going to fight. So I'll probably even go run after this too. Absolutely. That is, that is fantastic. Um, you're going to be fighting at welterweight. How, how are you doing your exactly week out? Is, are you where you need to be with all the fight prep and weight and all that stuff? Yeah, everything's going really good right now. Uh, the whole entire weight cut has been smooth. I'm eating super clean. Um, you know, I started this uh, weight cut at 205 just because I was bulking up. I was trying to become bigger. I wanted to be stronger. But then about a month and a half out, I started slowly cutting. So I like to cut my weight slowly. But uh, from here on out, I'll probably walk around like 190, 195. You know, I'm one of the bigger 170 pounders. And, you know, I'll do what I can to make sure after this fight, I'm ready for the next one. Absolutely. And we're going to, we're going to, well, I guess we could just jump into this fight. I wanted to back up and look at your career because you are a fantastic six and O as a pro all finishes two and O as an amateur, both finishes. So total your MMA career is eight and O all finishes, which is, you can't have a better record than that. So congratulations to you, but let's jump in. You are fighting Matt Dixon, um, who is nine and O and you're six and O. So really uh, I would say, the, the cream of the cream coming into the Dana White Contender Series. Uh, kind of what is, it, what is it like to get the opportunity to fight in the Contender Series and then the fight against another undefeated pro? Uh, it just means that all the hard work's paid off. Uh, to me, record doesn't mean crap. I just like to go and win. I hate losing so much. I'm just too stupid to know what losing is. <laughs> all jokes aside, though, you know, I, I turn my ass off in the gym every day or if I'm not able to make it to the, dr- uh, the gym, I'm outside training. I'm always finding a way to work out twice a day. I, I just have to do something active. Um, and I think that's what sets me apart from, you know, my past opponents and, you know, my present opponent now. Uh, he's not a no, though, for a reason. You know, he has, uh, I think, five or six finishes, a um, couple of decisions, so he's willing to go the distance. But, you know, like I said, I, I respect the fact that he's undefeated too and he is undefeated for a reason. But come next Tuesday, I look forward to taking that undefeated mark away from him. Well, just like I have with uh, previous opponents. Absolutely, absolutely. And and one fun thing to throw out about next week is your brother, Lewis, is in the main event. He's also fighting at 170 pounds and is also a 6-0 and pro. How did you guys get on the same card? That's so crazy. Uh, we told our manager and we told the UFC people, like, they asked us, though, hey, do you guys mind fighting on the same card? And we said, no, it's better for publicity, and we've done it in the past multiple times. Just last year, my brother and I fought on the same card, and uh, I fought before he – or he fought 
right before I did. And then, um, yeah, so we're, we're used to fighting on the same car. We did it back when you we were amateurs, too. We really don't care. We just want to fight, and we enjoy watching Ethan fight. We, we kind of get a feel off it. We get hyped off it. Not in a bad way to where, you know how, like, people get that adrenaline dump? We don't get that. Like, I watch my brother. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm about to go do the same thing. But it sounded like a competition between us. And um, in the past, you know, like, amateur career, it's funny you talked about that because a lot of those amateur fights actually never got reported. So I have about seven or eight amateur fights that I went undefeated in as well. So I've never lost uh, all of them finishes except for one because it was in a tournament style. So it was like one three-minute round. And uh, that ended up going to uh, the thir- three-minute decision, which I took. And then from there on out, because that was my first amateur fight, I ended up winning everything else by uh, finish, whether it be a TKO, KO, or submission. And I just hit the ball rolling when I was a pro. I don't trust judges. I, I've always hated judges. I think judges are shitty in this sport nowadays. And until they find a you know a correct reform for how the judging should be, I'll continue to finish my fights. And that's what makes my brother and I exciting fighters is we don't trust judges. We want to finish the fight any shape or form that we can. And we'll take advantage of everything. I've had fights where I got a Kimura set up from a modified Starfold position. Just went right for it. Didn't even care if I snapped the kid's arm or not. Usually... That's what I end up doing. Um, I don't wait for them to tap because when we're fighting, let's think about it. A lot of people hate that style. But if I'm going into the cage, that motherfucker's trying to knock me out. So that right there is brain damage or, you know, a broken jaw. So what's the difference between me and snapping someone's arm or, you know, choking someone unconscious and then me going out there and trying to, like, rip somebody's head off with, you know, some kiss, knees, and elbows? There's no difference in my opinion. It's all a fight. We're not friends once we're in that cage. We can be friends after, but... Until then, I just want to fight the strongest people there are. I want to fight the best opponents, and that's what they're giving me. And so my manager and them, they thought this would be, a, you know, a big uh, step up. And so far, I'm just going to do what I've always done, and that's going win. Well, that's, that's the right mindset to have, particularly, I mean, every fight, that mindset of wanting to get a finish and wanting to be, uh, you know, aiming for that is huge. But as you know, because this is the third season uh, of Dana White, um, Really, it's not just winning, it's how you win. How much does that play in? I mean, your style seems perfect for that since you're all finishes, but you're going to be in a unique environment fighting in Vegas. You have traveled before. I saw that you fought in Wisconsin, so you've traveled before for fights. But what do you think it's going to be like fighting in Vegas in that very quiet arena they have in Vegas because of COVID? And and do you think you're going to put extra pressure on yourself because you're in front of uh, Dana? No, I really don't care that Dana's there. I mean, Dana could be watching or not watching. He could watch a highlight afterwards. It's obviously a huge opportunity, and it's um, it's, it's you know, it just means that all this hard work is finally paying off. But at the end of the day, fans or no fans, I always tell people before the fight, after the fight, you know, I don't fight for the fans. I don't fight for people. I fight for myself. I enjoy hurting people. <laughs> And it's, uh, you, you know, a lot of people don't like that kind of a role model, but it's like, I never said I was a role model. I just work hard. I stay being the good person that I am. I try to, you know, tell kids like, hey, man, like life's not easy. You got to work hard for what you have, especially after how my brother and I grew up. But it's one of those situations that we're in that puts us to where it's like, you know, we, we grew up with the life we did, and now we are where we are because of hard work and just taking advice from the right people and just doing the right things in life. So having all that said and done, we fought, you know, outside before we've had street fights and stuff like that. We, we don't care. It doesn't have to be anybody as long as we're going out there and, 
each win gets us closer to the ultimate goal of being USC champion and not just one class, but, you know, two weight classes, then that's all that I care about. Again, fans or no fans, you know, what people watching on TV or not, you know, when I was playing in Wisconsin, it was kind of a small crowd, but I knew a bunch of people back home in California. They're all watching that fight. And mm-hmm. that was both times too. And so I- I'm used to it, man. I, I don't care. I just want to fight. I just want to hurt somebody. Well, it's good that you've had that experience of traveling to an area where you didn't have all your hometown fans when you fought in Wisconsin because it's going to feel a lot like that uh, when you fight next Tuesday. It's also great, you know, when you talk about being a role model and stuff, I think one of the things that's important is that even though you had street fights and, and you know, that's some of your experience, these are all legal, refed, sanctioned fights. And part of being a professional, which you are absolutely professional, you're undefeated, is that your your skill at hurting people and you say you like hurting people has to be put to work when it's a job, you know, and that's a big thing that, you know, sometimes people lose that and they get caught up. We've seen some of the best stars get caught up with stuff outside the cage. And it's it really, you got this great opportunity within the cage. Speaking of within the cage, I was looking back at your pro record and for a regional circuit pro, you know, when you're coming up through, you fought a ton. I mean, four times in 2019, I'm assuming you would have fought more this year but with COVID you did have one fight uh in 2020 just before COVID shut it down um what was the mindset behind taking fights you fought two pro fights in the same month of August of last year you had August 10th and August 31st only two weeks apart what was that like for you taking fights so often Walter uh it's funny you mentioned that because I actually fought three times in five weeks so I I even fought two weeks before that other one so what happened was I had uh two fights scheduled for five weeks apart mm-hmm. and then i got hit up right after my fight and i was like all right cool I, you know i'll, I'll just uh, eat a little bit and i'll be ready for my next fight and then i got hit up and they're like hey man you want to fight a catchweight fight at 180 against this uppercomer joe Crowshot? you know he's been offered opportunities by bellator and ufc um but he's just waiting you know until one or two more fights that way he can have a better opportunity of getting on a better showing like you know maybe a prelim or a main card for uh, bellator because he's the big bay area hype and you know he, he was a tough dude but before the fight he was saying how you know when he's out there fighting he doesn't think i'm willing to die out there and it's like i'm not willing to die i'm willing to kill though like that's the different mindset and i feel like i've broken every opponent i've ever fought every single one of them and I think he found that out too. He said he was going to whoop my ass on the stand-up. You know, he's a taller dude. His pedigree is supposed to have the better striking, but I went out there and uh, proved that I had a better stand-up. You know, I, at the very beginning, he got my back and he had a, you know, a back, you know, submission attempt, but I just stopped thinking. It was one of those scenes where I went out there, I was thinking about, you know, like, hey, it's cool. I got, you know, this is the second fight out of three fights all planned out. So I was kind of thinking about the next fight already. But then I just stopped and I told myself after I was in that position, I was like, man, shut the fuck up, quit talking. And I was talking to myself in my head. I was like, get out of this. Let's, play. Let's get to work. And then after that, I was just, you know, doing what I had to do, just staying strong and pressuring the fight and breaking his every will. And I had another tough fight, too, that went to the third round against Wally Wester in, a, you know, January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude was tough. Dude, he, he was definitely my toughest opponent by far and because um, he was a bigger opponent. He was definitely bigger. He was making the cut from 185. And, you know, I actually gave him a couple of pounds leeway because he missed weight by a couple of pounds. And I was like, man, he he flew all this way from where he's from, um, you know, the islands 
And I was like, I'm not going to do that to him. He's from Aruba, I believe, where he fights in the Caribbean circuit. And I was like, nah, he fucking flew all this way. I'm not going to tell him, no, we're not fighting because he didn't make way. I fought. I won. I did the same thing. You know, I kind of broke his will, too. I made it to where the pressure was just too much for him. And he was supposed to have the stand-up advantage. And, again, I proved that he didn't. So with his next opponent, I've seen how he fights. I, I feel like he's a little slow. I feel like he's athletic. But I also feel like he's a little slow. He has a tendency to do the same combinations over and over. Whereas I don't really go for the same combinations over and over. I'll mix it up. You know, I'll go between my wrestling because that's what I started as, as a wrestler. But I also, I'm mean on the feet. I'll throw those elbows. I'll throw those knees. I'm trying to split a dude's head open. I'm trying to crush their ribcage. And uh, I just look forward to fighting. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't like to do it outside the cage because, like you said, too, legal repercussions. So, People are trying to start a street fight or something. I just tell them, no, it's not worth it, man. Like, too many people and whatever. But I can get paid to do what I love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot I want to I want to ask. Uh, first off, you say you want to get paid for what you do, which is wonderful, and you love it. Are you at the point where you're still, you still have a side job, or are you transitioning into all uh, training all the time, your full-time career, or are you still doing something on the side job-wise? Fortunately enough for me, I'm actually a personal trainer. So it's one of those things okay. where I'm at the gym all the time, pretty much. I go to Alpha Male in the mornings, and then once I'm done there, I'll go and spend some time with my fiance for a little bit. And uh, once that's all said and done, I go straight to work, and I'll train right after I'm done with work. Or if a client cancels, I'll get my training done right then. That way I can go home after. But I'm always finding ways to stay busy and train. I don't like just sitting around. Yeah, it's also great that you're able to train and motivate others because that's part of coming back on yourself. What you tell someone else to do, you have to be willing to do yourself. So that's a great way to stay motivated uh, like that. You mentioned your style, and I had actually seen an interview with you done forever ago during your debut pro fight, and you talked about having a wrestling background. What was your wrestling background? Uh, I started wrestling when I was like three or four years old. But it was in freestyle. And then I didn't do any folk style, though, because where we're from, we didn't have the opportunity. No folk style, no Greco. That was all self-taught. And then once I got to high school, I, you know, our wrestling coach, Mike Lee, he uh, started showing us the, uh, the folk style uh, stuff. But before then, it was, you know, until I was 13 years old, 14 years old, I wasn't doing any folk style or Greco. It was purely just freestyle. But I've always liked throwing. I liked to be aggressive. Always liked slamming people. I liked, you know having that dominance feeling. And if I lost in wrestling, I, you know, I, I, I used to be a poor sport. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no one likes to lose though. And then I realized, you know what? Hey, instead of being a poor sport, what I need to do is like man up and just say, you know what? This guy is better than me today, but I'm going to fucking turn my ass off and find out what I need to do for myself to be better than my opponent. I'm not going to study my opponent so much. Right. I need to study myself on my past matches. So like, even with fighting, I don't study my opponents too much. I study, a couple of films, you know, if it's all if it's all back to back. So he had, I think, three fights in the last year. So I was like, cool, I'll watch him. And then his last fight was the main one I needed to watch. But at the end of the day, you never know if a fighter is going to come in and do that. So I just tell myself, be ready for everything. You know, I study everything. I believe in visual uh, mental training. Sure. Mental training is a huge thing for me. When I'm training, if I'm on the treadmill, when I'm lifting weights, when I'm hitting the heavy bag, I put myself into the zone of, I'm in the cage against my opponent. And that's why when I go out into the cage, I'm not nervous because I've done all that visual training. So sometime to fight in front of Dana or, you know, those cameras are right in your face. Like people say they are, 
I've already visualized all that. I visualized walking out over and over and over, seeing Dana White, watching this fight play out, having my opponent, you know, throw punches and kiss and, you know, try to push the pace. Or, you know, when I land shots, him backing up because he has a tendency. I've seen that. He, he gets hit. He doesn't move his head a lot. When he does, he has a good counter. But it's when he's susceptible to those crosses that he backs up and looks for the shot. He does not like to get hit. Whereas my brother and I, we've trained together our whole lives. We do not mind staying in the pocket and hitting people because I've never faced anyone yet that hits me harder than my brother. I mean, I fought bigger people. I train with bigger people. And straight up, my brother and I tell each other to this day, there's no one that hits as hard as we do when we uh, train together. What a cool experience. I'll be ready. With your brother. That's such a cool experience to have. And I I agree with that. You know, your brothers are always going to be – John Jones, I know – some of his character stuff, but John Jones always brings up the fact that his brothers who are professional NFL fighters, uh, um, players when they were kids, always beat him up worse than anybody else did. So that's kind of the tough love of brothers. Now, um, your gym, what's your gym affiliation? What's it like training there, uh, both pre-COVID and now post-COVID? So I train with uh, Alpha Mill, so I'm under your eye favor and the other guys. But I'm also with uh, Lost Boys still. That's where I started. I mean, that's always going to be my home. And even before Lost Boys, we had this thing called Warrior Society because we're from the reservation. So it was just this little crew that we had of fighters, and mm-hmm. we loved it. But then we ended up moving off the reservation to the ba- – uh, not the bay, but to the coast. It, it's kind of weird. Like, we have different names. Like, people wouldn't understand it unless, like, they did their research. But So I grew up down river, which is pretty much his native reservation for um, – Humboldt is inland a little bit from the uh, coast uh, from uh, Eureka. So about like an hour, hour and a half away drive. And then we ended up moving towards that way. There's like Arcata, McKinleyville, Eureka. And we were training in Arcata with um, the current owner, you know, Brian Wilson. And he's going to be in my brother's corner this weekend. So people will get to see who he is. And he's a big dude. Like he, he played college football. He could have definitely made it to the NFL, I totally believe, but he, he became a family man, and right now he's, you know, a cop, and he, he's doing good. But he also has good training. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so we trained under him in both the gi and the uh, no-gi. A lot of no-gi we started, though, when we were younger. It's just we didn't transition to the gi until we got older because we didn't want to. We were thinking, man, you don't fucking grab clothes in wrestling. You don't grab clothes in, you know, MMA. And if you do, like, you're cheating, like, but we got used to it. It's just something else to build our grip strength to get made it to where like it slows down and forces us to like, Hey, if they're holding on, what can I do to get past this? Cause it'd be like simulating the street fight almost. We understood right. that. So just another style of training that we could add to our arsenal. But, um, pre COVID, you know, I was training back and forth between alpha male lost boys, or even at my workplace, which is the UFC gym uh, in Rockland, which about half an hour drive from alpha male. And I got James Irvin as my striking coach up here and Bill Roshman as my strength and nutrition coach. But I lost boys. I had Brian Wilson. I had, um, you know, Uriah Maimoni. He's my previous uh, strength and conditioning coach before he ended up moving down to uh, back to the, um, let's see, I'm going to say L.A. and San Diego area because he's trying to become a doctor because he wants to do his studies. But because of him, I got to meet John Chamber, uh, Faraz hobby, and all those guys at TriStar. I got to, you know, grapple with GSP a little bit, and that was a cool experience. Wow. Uh, it, it was just drilling. It was just drilling. So there was, like, no win, no loser. Like, we didn't go for submissions and stuff. It was, like, just drilling to, like, pass eye control or go for different stuff. And it was still just a neat experience. You know, I got to meet Mike Ritchie and uh, 
Hector Lombard, all those guys. They're, they're all, or Alice Garcia. It wasn't Hector Lombard. It was Alice Garcia. They're all super cool people, though. They're all chill. And I still talk to, um, like, John Chamberg still. I talk to Uriah Mimoni still. I, I talk to all those guys, you know, but especially, like, the Humble family because that's where I'm from, and I'm always going to represent that area. But for me, it was more so I needed to move out. And that was a couple of years ago that I moved away, but – I've always been training. If I'm in the gym, I'm training. If I'm outside the gym, I'm finding a way to train, whether it's going for sprints up a hill, going for hiking, swimming, whatever I need to do, I'm always finding a way to train. So when COVID happened, I knew a lot of fighters were going to be like, okay, when the fighting comes back to place, how much of an excuse are they going to make? And you've seen it already. You know, you got these fighters, they fight, and then all of a sudden, oh, I wasn't able to train the way I needed to. But leading up to the fucking fight, they're saying, oh, you know, even through COVID, they were training their ass off. They've never felt better in their life. In fact, they felt like they've improved because they've had more time to train because of COVID. And then all of a sudden, if they lose their fight, oh, you know, um, COVID hit hard. I wasn't able to train as much. It's like, fuck that noise. You know, you have every opportunity. Everyone has the same opportunity. And some people, they sure, they have the advantage because maybe they own a gym in their garage or they own a gym so they can be like, hey, you guys, let's come to my place. And not have to be shut down you can do secret training but that's how it is for everybody everyone's doing secret training and that's just the way it's always gonna be so there's no excuse i was training my ass off getting ready for this fight i kept telling my manager and kept telling my brother i was like dude as soon as we can get a fight and i remember leading up to it was june um they were saying hey you know like contender series is probably going to be coming up soon but then COVID pushed it back to august right but i was ready then and I'm still ready now. And I already told my manager, once I go out and win this fight, you know, hopefully it'll be a fast one. I vision myself winning it in the first round. I've already told my manager, tell Sean Shelby straight up, get me another fight in a week. Get me that, a fight that Saturday. I want to fight on UFC 252. You know, if I can't fight on that card, give me a fight the following week. Just I want to fight. I hate cutting weight and then having to wait a couple of weeks right. or a couple of months to fight. I'm impatient. I just want to fight back to back to back, just like I did when I did the three and five weeks. Well, you know, speaking of that and the quick turnarounds, um, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing his name, but there was a guy over there um, in, uh, in Abu Dhabi that did the, the record-setting two wins in 11 days. Um, but, but, but a Kazmat, somebody. But, um, oh, it, yeah, uh, Kameev. Yeah, yeah, but part of, part of the COVID, part of the upside of COVID is when you're following, I know you do, when you follow the UFC and you're seeing – all the last-minute replacements happening, fights dropping off, being added on because some guys aren't prepared as they should, or maybe an injury or something happens. And obviously, it would be mind-blowing to be on the uh, 252 card. But I'm glad your head's yeah. there. You know, that's great because I'm all ready for the Steve Bank fight. I cannot wait. But um, it's so exciting this Dana White thing. You're absolutely right. They had originally scheduled it for the spring and then pushed it back. Um, and it's just great that you've known that you would be in the Dana White Contender Series this long, which is wonderful um, to, to see. And I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. As a reminder to all of our listeners, this is August. It's going to be upcoming August 18th. It's going to be week three. The Dana White Contender Series, you need to have ESPN Plus um, as, as an app or as a, a subscription to watch it. Um, and obviously, Orion, I can't let you go before I say that you have a great nickname, Orion Galaxy which is just spectacular. Um, was that something that you always knew you were going to use, or is that something that just came to you because of your first name? Or 
How'd you get that? Because I, I think it's a unique. I got that nickname from my wrestling coach, Mike Lee. Okay. He gave it to me back when I was just a kid growing up and in high school too. I've had a lot of nicknames over the years. Like, you know, uh, Latimer is one that my assistant uh, wrestling coach, Dale Mendez, he gave me the nickname Latimer because of the movie, the program where Latimer, all he did was just train his ass off, but he was always freaking out while he's training. Obviously if people watch the movie, they'll understand why he was. So, you know, minus the, all the, um, steroids. I always just push myself. No one will break me harder than I can break myself. And as soon as I break, I push even harder. Like even today, I was getting tired because the weight cut, and my buddy's like, "Hey, you're doing good." And I slapped myself hella hard. I was like, "Don't be a fucking bitch. You can do this. Let's go. You got fucking 30 more minutes. Just fucking push. You're not a pussy. You got a fucking fight coming up." And I'm always telling myself that, and so they're always laughing. They're like, "Dude, I don't know how the fuck you talk to yourself like that while you're training." I'm like. It's all a mental thing, man. If I tell myself that, no one else is going to break me. No one has and no one ever will. It's a, it's a great mindset. I'm glad you're already winning the, the mind battle before you ever get in the cage. That's the big thing that makes a difference because you can, you can control what you do in the cage. That's the biggest thing about the mental edge is that you, you can always control what you're doing. You can't always control what he's doing, but if you're doing enough, you will control what he's doing, which is a, which is a great – Attitude mindset that I feel like you've already said uh, a lot of credits out to people that were helping you, but I always want to give fighters the opportunity to thank people and to, you know, pass on the, uh, the love for who's helped them get there. Is there anybody else you, you mentioned a lot of people, is there anybody else you want to thank and shout out to, um, as we head into next week? Yeah. My sponsors, uh, Arroyo Chiropractic, based out of the um, Lakeport area in Clear Lake County, or I think it's Lake County or something like that. He, he's a super cool dude. He's been sponsoring my brother and I for a while, so I'll give him a shout-out for both uh, my brother and myself. But I also got a couple other sponsors, like uh, Get Right. They're homies I've known for a while, and you know we paid attention to them, and they paid attention to us. And so that's a huge opportunity just because they're from Humble and Delnor County area as well. So it's nice to have a local sponsor helping us out and then let's see uh my cousin Suter or james calloway and his trucking company he's helped out a lot so shout out to him and his family and his co-workers for sponsoring me on the way and i know there's one more i'm just really bad with remembering all my sponsors oh uh steph dalkey from doTERRA she's been a help with getting me like supplemental oils to like add to my water like lemon oil and stuff like that it, it helps a lot like i don't feel any bloating it's actually helped me shed the weight a lot easier i feel healthier than i ever have during this wake up because i just get like those natural energy boosts from you know the uh, natural plant oils which helps tremendously and i love it but overall though um i, I just want to thank everyone who's ever helped me along the way the people that have donated and uh just supported me and you know knew that this wasn't just a side job or a side gig this is definitely a career that i have a lot of potential in and i'm going to prove that on tuesday night when i go and get that contract in dominant fashion i've said it multiple times but the more i say it's the more it comes true and i told myself that with every single thing i've ever done you work hard you know you get what you need and a lot of people tell me you need to rely on prayer but i don't believe that god has a you know dictation on who wins a fight and who loses a fight if anything he's more of a fan of just watching two people duke it out and whoever wins wins there is no praying. There is no none of that to pray to someone to give me faith and strong being while I'm in the cage. That's all on myself. I know what to do, though. I've turned my ass off 
for years on end, 23 years, and it's all going to pay off Tuesday night. I'm ready. I'm fucking stoked. I'm actually pumped up right now. Well, I cannot, I cannot wait to watch you fight. Thanks so much for taking time out of your training. Um, not only do, do I want to see you win, I'd love to have you back on to talk about your experience in both the fight, but also all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I know they're going to be doing COVID tests. You'll be quarantined to your uh, hotel and all that stuff. So we'd love to have you back on and, and tell us more about how everything goes. But for now, best wishes to both you and your brother and your, and your teams as you get ready to make the trip out. And I can't wait for you to have a great fight on Tuesday. Thanks for taking time out. This has been Orion Galaxy Kosi. Uh, you've heard him here on MMA Fancast. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Orion. Uh, thank you so much, Luke. I look forward to doing this again right after I win my fight and then when my brother wins his fight too. Maybe we can get one fresh right after uh, dinner or something or maybe possibly the next night uh, following the fights. Um, one last thing, the people want to keep up to date on how our weight cut's going to be going or the training while we're there in quarantine and stuff. They can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I, I'll post more on uh, Instagram, but there'll be like some photos on uh, Facebook as well. So if they want to follow that, just type in Orion Kosi or at Galaxy Kosi for that info. Well, that's great. Thanks for telling us that information so we can follow you. Uh, and thanks for coming on the show. Best wishes to you and your brother. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Take care. Absolutely.